0: CHAPTER SIX OF GODLINESS This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. GODLINESS by Catherine Booth CHARITY AND LONELINESS And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. 1 CORINTHIANS 13.13 the possession of this divine charity often necessitates walking in a lonely path not merely in opposition and persecution but alone in it and here again jesus who was the personification of divine lore stands out as our great example he was emphatically alone and of the people there was none with him even the disciples whom he had drawn nearest to him and to whom he had tried to communicate most of his thought and spirit were so behind that he often had to reprove them and lament their obtuseness and want of sympathy in the greatness of his love he had to go forward into the darkness of Gethsemane. he was alone while they slept and then through ribaldry scorn and sarcasm to the cross alas alas almost alone except a few to their everlasting honor poor faithful women alone and as it was with the master so it has been with all those whom god has called to go in advance of their race it was so with john and with paul and with most of the apostles and with all those whom god has called to extraordinary paths since must john have a revelation of things shortly to come to pass He must go alone into the isle of patmos must paul hear unspeakable words not at that time lawful for a man to utter he must go alone into the third heaven and not be allowed even to communicate what he saw and heard when he came down alone he must necessarily go in advance and just so when god has called some of his followers to an out-of-the-way path They have had to go alone in an untrodden way. Superior love necessitates a lonely walk. You shrink and say, That seems so hard. Yes, I know. I wish I could make it easier, but I cannot help it. I simply state the fact that superior love necessitates, in some measure, a lonely walk. Because you see it is only they who, thus love, to whom the Lord tells his secrets, If you want to ask a confidential question and get a confidential answer, you must be on the bosom of your master. You won't be able to do it at a distance. Then, you see, when he gives to any soul superior light to its fellows, and that soul follows the light, it necessarily entails a path in advance of its fellows, unless he can inspire and encourage them, which, alas, is hard work to follow. He must go on alone. That was a beautiful illustration we read in the lesson, Acts 10. Here is Peter called to go in advance of the whole church. Now, the Lord wants a man to do this, and whom does he choose? He chooses impulsive, energetic, first Peter. But then, there is something to be done first. God lets down the sheet with all its unclean contents, and Peter fastens his eyes upon it. I wish you had studied all the sheets the lord has let down before your eyes you would have come out very differently to what you have peter studies them and soon the divine vision has absorbed peter's attention when the lord has fairly got his attention then comes the voice now peter rise slay and eat then when the lord had taught him his lesson effectually And when Peter saw that he had not yet explored all the ideas of the divine mind about the extension of his kingdom, and that his business was to follow his Lord's directions, and not to have his own ifs and buts, but go ahead and do as God bade him, then Peter goes on to carry out the divine direction, then the church, aghast, as usual, at anything new, always down upon a measure, whether good or bad if it has the awful quality of being new was down upon it this new church which had only just itself been brought to god by a set of new measures is down upon peter and they call him to the council to answer for his conduct he tells them all about it in the truthful simplicity of a man of god and thank god they had sense enough yes and love enough charity enough to accept his explanations and to glorify god would to god we could get as much sense and charity in these days a lady writes to me only the other day of her husband saying that he sympathizes with outside work but contends that there is everything one wants in the church and another contends that there is everything everybody wants somewhere else And so they are down upon all the Peters that dare to do anything out of the jog-trot line. You may reason ever so urgently, and show them that all these old measures are not enough for everybody, that there is a great mass of outlying population which they do not reach, the Gentiles of this generation. You may show them that these Gentiles are without the Holy Ghost, that they are not cleansed, that they are yet common and unclean you may show them that these new measures of yours are quite as lawful as their old measures, and that, probably, they would be a great deal more useful, and, moreover, that they have been borne in upon you by the Holy Ghost, and that you feel as if there were a fire in your bones urging you to go and try them, but they will not hold their peace and glorify God, but will loose their tongues and vilify you. False charity looks more at the means than at the end. Its possessor is more concerned about what men will think of him than what will exalt the Redeemer. You can know it by this mark. Are you more concerned about what your neighbor, Mr. So-and-so, or your minister, Reverend Mr. So-and-so, or even your bishop, thinks about you, than you are about the extension of the kingdom of Christ? Look out, my friend yours is the wrong sort of charity true charity looks at the end the spread of righteousness in the earth the reign of the king and it is not very fastidious about the measures so that they are lawful i do not advocate anything unlawful to do good god forbid divine charity says anywhere with jesus in the temple or outside of it at the seaside or in cheapside on the mountain top or in the marketplace in the streets anywhere lord jesus if thou wilt only come and take thine inheritance and reign over the hearts and souls of men true charity is only too glad to become a jew to the jews as weak to the weak if it can only pick them up only too glad to descend to men of low estate and put its arms round their necks if it can only bring them to the cross and bring them back to the heart and heaven of god and it does not care what the Pharisee on the other side says. It is set on saving the poor sinner. It is pouring in oil and wine and putting him on its own beast. It is intent on saving him and does not care what anybody thinks. Have you got it? It is so good. It makes you feel so warm and comfortable inside. It is beautiful, and it proves better and better every day, and it will be better still when you are dying. Faith and hope will be done away, but this love will last forever. But this necessitates somebody leading the way, going on in advance. Will you be content to go in advance? Will you endure the hardness of a pioneer? Can you bear the ridicule and jibes of your fellow men? Dare you go where the Holy Ghost leads and leave him to look after the consequences? If so, happy are you and you shall have a harvest of precious souls you shall shine as the stars for ever but if you draw back his soul shall have no pleasure in you step out onto the divine love that is able alone amongst the breakers to bear your little bark able to make you more than a conqueror oh step out follow 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 do not be afraid spurious charity is the opposite of this it must have human notice ostentation is its very essence cease to notice it and it will soon die i went about to establish mine own righteousness says paul before he got the true charity here was a grand opportunity for pharisaic saul these nazarenes were they not everywhere spoken against was not this a grand opportunity for him to be everywhere spoken for and so he takes advantage of public opinion and becomes exceedingly mad against them and not satisfied with persecuting them in his own city he goes after them into strange cities but he reveals afterwards when he got the divine charity that the mainspring of his zeal was self-glory false charity hates to be in a minority You never find it in an unrespectable minority. It wants company, and that of a respectable, genteel kind. Its possessors are always sticklers for the traditions of the elders. Their horizon is bounded very largely by the opinions of men and the attitude of the rulers. They are always asking, have any of the rulers believed on him? Now, my friends, let this teach you wisdom and love prove all things before you condemn i have no doubt saul was an honest man in the world's acceptation of the term for he says he persecuted the nazarenes ignorantly thinking he was doing God's service but what a grand mistake he was making and how effectually he was doing the work of the devil of course if he had seen he was mistaken he would have ceased to be mistaken i wish people would stop and think that the path they are now standing in the well-beaten track on which they are now walking with such slow dignity was one quite as new and unconventional and outrageous to the coadjutors of their forefathers as the path which any new departure by the holy ghost may set before them now i wish such people would read history i suppose they do not or if they do they read it as they do the bible they failed to draw any practical principle from it. Such people should read Neil's History of the Puritans and see in what a hurricane of excitement, opposition, contempt, and persecution their forefathers fought for the very paths they are now standing still in and holding so sacred that they cannot have them disturbed. Do you see how unphilosophically they are acting? If their forefathers had acted on the principles they are acting on, They would have stood still in old paths, and we would never have been in the new ones. These people stand in these paths of traditionalism and routinism, just where their forefathers left them, occupying all their time in admiring the wisdom and benevolence and devotion of their forefathers, instead of imitating their aggressive faith and marching on to the conquest of the world. Which is the most God honoring? which has the most common sense in it which will please your forefathers the most but it is now as it was in the days of the son of man for ye build the tombs of the prophets and garnish the sepulchres of the righteous and say if we had been in the days of our fathers we would have not been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets wherefore ye be witnesses unto yourselves that ye are the children of them which killed the prophets alas what a deal of this is going on today! only there is one difference it is going on under a christian creed instead of a jewish it is only the creed that differs the character the spring of action is the same now my friends try yourselves which charity have you got Do you rejoice in the extension of the kingdom of jesus christ by any lawful means or are you more concerned about the color of a man's coat than the state of his heart would you rather the poor drunkard were left to rot and seethe in his misery than that a man should put on a blue jacket with an s footnote badge of the salvation army and footnote on his collar and go and fetch him out would you rather have men damned conventionally than saved unconventionally if you would you are a pharisee at heart i care not what you call yourselves go home and read for your instruction matthew twenty three twenty three to twenty eight further how bitterly this false charity often comes out in individual cases we will just take an illustration we will suppose here is a family of decent respectable professedly christian people who have been to church or chapel most of their lives or here is a church we will suppose of the same character nothing particular has happened they fear the lord and go comfortably along and are just where they were ten or fifteen years ago making up for deaths and removals we will suppose that a member of that family or that church as the case may be gets converted he reads a book goes to a special meeting or some providential utterance is the means of sending the light of god's spirit upon his soul and he is quickened and woke up to see the miserable half dead guilty condition in which he is he is praying and groaning and feeling after god he gets the sense of his transgressions and unfaithfulness being taken away and the joy of god's salvation restored to his soul now in a moment almost immediately as in the case of peter as soon as the eternal work is done comes the external path opened up the spirit of god lays before him some new work something strikes him which has been long forgotten or which never seems to have been recognized in his family or church he sees what a grand thing that would be for the conversion of souls and the extension of the kingdom of jesus christ and he feels it beginning to burn like a fire in his bones to enter this path of usefulness he prays much over it and he waits until he is fully satisfied that it is not a vain impulse but that it is of the spirit of god full of love and faith and zeal he goes to tell his minister or some christian friend he expects that they will sympathize with his feelings and enter into his project But, alas, alas, they begin by raising objections, they start difficulties, well, but you see, that would be a little out of our order, that is not exactly our way of doing things, I am afraid the deacons would object, or I am afraid something would happen, and if he has the misfortune to be young, anybody would think it was a sin to be young, they will crush him out, they put the extinguisher on, and say, wait my brother until you have more experience or my sister especially you must never presume to do anything of which we cannot approve oh friends you smile because you know how true it is oh alas the thousands of urgings of the holy ghost the thousands of heavenly voices that have been as clear to human souls as ever peter's sheet was to him the thousands of glorious aspirations and schemes for the spread of the kingdom of the lord jesus christ that have been thus crushed by this spurious false selfish devilish charity the lord put it out oh i would not care what the lord called my child to do that would be for the extension of his kingdom and the glory of his name i would not restrain her or keep her back i might say my child it may be a painful thing for me to consent i might have chosen another path for you but if you are satisfied the spirit leads you go forward and i will do all i can to help you why because i want the king to have his own and i do not care how it is so that he gets his own and i will have him to use mine as well as me to get it fathers and mothers look out if you grudge your children to god he will be even with you they that honor me i will honor but they who do not shall be lightly esteemed they shall get light weight all round and be whipped with their own rods mind how you withhold that which is most precious from god mind you do not receive the grace of god in vain some people do the fifth point in which this divine and spurious charity contradict each other is That divine charity, the pure love of God, is law-abiding. That is, it always manifests itself in harmony with the great moral law of the universe. It never does evil that good may come. You never hear it saying, I cannot say that this is exactly square. I know this is not exactly the right course, but then I can accomplish such and such objects by adopting it. Never that is of the devil. You may always know that the law of righteousness is entwined round the very heart of divine charity, and as justice and judgment are the habitation of the throne of its divine author, so righteousness is in the very core of its soul. It will never sacrifice righteousness for peace or anything else. Now, what is the whole duty of man? To love mercy, to do justly, and walk humbly with God, and when the holy spirit has brought about that result in your soul god will look on you with a beneficent eye with a smile of approbation and its genial influence will sun your whole being and you will walk in the light of it even as the angels do in heaven do justice love mercy and walk humbly with god that is the whole duty of man everything is included in that do you hear it oh ye temporizers with divine law do you hear it ye who say that we must come down partly and be a little like the world in order to win it that you must come on to the level of the ungodly in order that you may win them to god i tell you that all unrighteousness is sin do you hear this you who contend for covering up by a false charity certain sins which are sending men to perdition wholesale and make laws and acts of Parliament to protect men in these crimes? I know your specious arguments that come from the devil, but I ask, is it justice to take one part of the human race, and that the weaker, and, therefore, according to the law of divine charity, demanding the greater protection from cruelty and wrong, and offer that part up for the supposed good of the other, because the latter is stronger? Is that justice? Is that mercy? and mind i say emphatically supposed good for do you think one part of god's creation can be trodden down without reacting with terrible moral force upon the other do you think it can was it ever done will it ever be done no not while he sits on his throne yes supposed good for facts mock your arguments it is not for their good you know it is not you cannot accomplish your purpose when you have done all, and think that you will escape, by your satanic inventions, the divine executioner? Think you that your specious arguments will avail with him who hath sworn in his holy habitation that he will avenge the oppressed and downtrodden of the earth? No, no, I see written between the lines, and I hear muttering between your speeches, be not deceived, God is not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth that shall he also reap you cannot escape the penalty the last characteristic of true charity which i shall name is that it holds out in spite of ingratitude opposition and persecution its possessor seeks the good of all men not because he ought merely but because he cannot help it his heart is on the side of god and truth he loves righteousness and therefore cannot desist from seeking to bring all beings to love it too although they hate and despise him for so doing jesus held out in this glorious love even in the agonies of crucifixion father forgive them they know not what they do his heart was set on bringing man back to god and he went through with it his soul did not draw back and his divine love constrained him even unto death Paul followed his master in this respect, and though the more he loved some of his converts, the less he was loved. He went on, seeking their highest good, not being hindered for a moment by their ingratitude. He loved them, not their good opinion or applause. A spurious charity soon tires when the objects of it prove unworthy. Its possessor says, I have had enough of this. The kinder I am, the worse people treat me i shall button up my pocket and take my ease till i am better appreciated self glory is the very life of spurious charity it dies right out under ingratitude and contempt which have you got my brother my sister does somebody say as a man who has been to a service at scarborough the other day and had been hearing some straight truth said when asked how did you like it the man a young prosperous tradesman in the town shuffled about and said well it was awful if that is true i am on my way to hell thank god he had found it out now have you got this divine charity i told you at the beginning it did not grow on unregenerate human nature so if you are an unregenerate man and have not the holy spirit i want you to find it out you have to begin at the beginning and get the plant planted. No matter what spurious imitations you have got, if you have not got the love of God, have you got it, brother, sister? If you have not, you can have it this afternoon. Will you seek it? We were all once without it, even as it is said. We were the children of wrath, even as others. We hated those who hated us, we hated things not because they were wicked and against god but because they were opposed to us personally our love and hate were influenced by selfishness the same as others but now the lord has renewed our hearts and made us in some little measure like him who loved righteousness and hated iniquity and therefore god anointed him with the oil of gladness above his fellows oh yes the more you love righteousness and hate iniquity, the more of gladness you will have, and the more glorious the testimony you will give for God. You will be able to say, with David, I have not hid thy righteousness within my heart. I have declared thy faithfulness and thy salvation. I have not concealed thy loving kindness and thy truth from the great congregation. There will be no difficulty about declaring it we find it easy to declare it when people get it we cannot keep them quiet they are like the early converts they are up two or three together and like paul we have to say one at a time you shall all prophesy if you do it one at a time when people get it it bubbles up and runs over it springs up as our great master said as a well of water unto everlasting life many floods cannot quench it it abideth for ever have you got it have you got enough of it to lift you above your petty selfish interests or are you guided by the charity that first looks inside to see how any proposition will affect self instead of seeing how it will affect the kingdom of god and you poor sinner who know you have not got it I have more hope of you than some who profess to have it. His great bowels of compassion move towards you. He is waiting to shed abroad this love in your heart. The feast is spread. All things are now ready. Oh, come into his banqueting house and sit under his banner of love for ever and ever. End of chapter six.